In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear Reverend Father, dear friends, today we'll continue our series of sermons on the last things, and today we will consider the, the particular judgment. Of course, the Catholic doctrine on this, this subject, you perhaps know it quite well, but just to remind you, it's that immediately after our death, a sentence is passed on our soul. And we go then immediately either to heaven, if we are in the state of grace and our soul is sufficiently pure, we go straight to heaven. That's perhaps not the most common, but nevertheless, that's one option. We go to hell, of course, if we are in the state of mortal sin. Or we go to purgatory if we are in the state of grace, but still our souls are not pure enough to go to be with God. So this this judgment that takes place where the sentence is passed on our soul, we see that taught in sacred scripture in the parable of our Lord when he speaks about the, the rich man and the poor man, Lazarus. So they die. And then very quickly, one is taken into the bosom of, bosom of Abraham and the other is buried in hell. And the same, for example, we see with our Lord's words to the good thief. This day you shall be with me in paradise. So a judgment must come very quickly after death. Something also that we should keep in mind is that the judgment depends on whether we are in the state of grace when we die. I think many people who do not have the faith, they, they imagine that it's, it's like scales, you know? Um, we have our, our good deeds on one side and our evil deeds, our bad things on the other side, and it just depends on which one is heavier at the moment we die. But in fact, that's, that's not the way it works. What matters is when we die, do we love God? Do we have charity or not? From another point of view, it's the same reality, but from another point of view, do we have supernatural life in our soul? Do we have sanctifying grace in our soul when we leave this world or not? Because, of course, the life that awaits us, that we're meant to have, is a supernatural life, the life of God with God in heaven. And do we have the power to live that life through sanctifying grace, or don't we? That's what matters. And again, we can look at the good thief as, as, a, as an illustration of that. I think, I'm not rash judging the good thief if I say that if his salvation depended on those scales... Well, I'm sure his evil deeds outweighed his good ones. But it didn't matter, because he died a friend of our Lord. He died in the state of grace. So this is the, the doctrine. Now there still are, of course, some things that are mysterious to us, that we don't fully know about our particular judgment and how exactly it works. But, for example, there is some kind of an illumination of the mind at the moment of our particular judgment. In other words, the soul sees
sees himself or herself as they really are. They see their good points, their bad points. They see their sins as they really are. Perhaps, of course, the person, if he's like most people, had covered up a bit in his mind, in her mind, the gravity of their sins. But now they will see them as they are. Perhaps, on the other hand, the person was too hard on themselves. And they will see, in fact, that God takes into consideration their good efforts and their intentions, even if their results were imperfect. But they will see their soul as God sees it. Because for all eternity, they're going to have to glorify the justice of God. They will have to say, yes, God is a just judge. For all eternity, no matter what the sentence is, they will not be able to blame God. They will glorify Him. And so they must see their soul as it really is. Another mysterious aspect of our particular judgment, we don't know exactly how it works, but there is some kind of meeting with our Lord Jesus Christ. Because, as our Lord tells us, the Father has given all judgment to the Son. And as St. Paul says, if you look in, in the second epistle to the Corinthians, he says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of our Lord. And in the context of him making that statement, it does seem as though he is referring not just to the general judgment, but to the particular one. So there is some kind of contact with our Lord. Now, this illumination, to take these two points, this illumination that happens, what, is it, what does it mean? What does it feel like? Well, we can say it means we cannot hide anymore. We cannot hide anymore from who we are. We know from our own experience that we're, we're good at that. We're good at that. But this is the moment of truth. Up until now, up until that moment, our destiny has still been in our hands. It's been up to us what kind of person we were going to be. Whether we would be a friend of God, a good servant of God, or not. But now we have to face not what we could be, but what we are. And there has to be a moment like that, my friends. There has to be, because otherwise our freedom wouldn't mean anything. Our freedom wouldn't mean anything if someday we did not have to see and accept the consequences of who we are, who we've made ourselves to be by our free choices, then our freedom would be meaningless. So we won't be able to hide anymore. All, all of the excuses, which we all do, we all, we all make excuses. Oh, I, I know I wasn't doing the right thing but, you know, it's okay because, and it's not. All these little lies that we tell ourselves, 
They will all melt away. I know that I didn't, you know, I didn't forgive that person, but it's actually okay, Father, because, but it's not. I think very often, by a lie that we do tell ourselves is, we, we know, for example, that in one part of our life, we're not living according to the law of God. We're not. We know that. The will of God is this, and we know we're not doing that. Maybe even in a matter of great importance. But we also know that somewhere else, another aspect, another part of our life, we're, we're living in a generous way, we're, we're living in a kind way, and we lie to ourselves, and we say, well, because over here I'm living in a kind way, a respectable way, an honest way, I must not be a bad person. Even though, yes, all right, yeah, there's that other part where I'm not obeying the law of God, even in a serious matter. But somehow, I don't know, I must love God anyway. The truth is that if we know what God wants from us, and if it's a serious matter, and we don't do it, we do not love Him. And those other things that we do, the kind things, the honest things, they're not a sign that we love God. They're a sign that we have some other motive for doing those good things. And that lie will evaporate. We will see right through it at the moment of our judgment. So you see, my friends, what we need to do is to stop lying to ourselves now. Like St. Paul says in the epistle today, let us walk honestly. And above all, let's be honest with ourselves. If we could live now under the eye of our Lord, in the presence of our Lord, as we will be in some mysterious way in his presence then and under his gaze then, we won't have anything to fear when that moment comes. And finally, my friends, it is important, even though this is a serious matter and we can't we can't allow ourselves to wiggle free from it. We have to think about this question of our particular judgment. It is important to remember, too, that it is our Lord who is our judge. That is to say, it is our Savior who will be our judge. And that is a great reason for hope. Not because, as so many people might say today, well, if my Savior is my judge, it's, it's unthinkable that I could be condemned. Doesn't Jesus love me? That's one of those lies that we tell ourselves, or at least we might tell ourselves. The fact that our Lord is going to love you at that moment, He will. That's not the essential thing that matters at the moment of our particular judgment. What matters is whether you love Him. The fact that our Lord loves you is very, very relevant now. Now, that is important. Because our Lord, who will be our judge, is right now doing everything he can to be able to pronounce you not guilty at that moment. At that moment, you will be what you are. And he will decree 
the truth of what you are. But now, he wants to do everything he can to make sure that you come before him innocent. And so the whole theme of today's Mass, which I hope you're reading carefully, is one of hope, is one of trust in God. It's in the introit. It's in the gradual. You're going to read it again in a moment in the offertory. Even in the Gospel, when we have the scene of the And it is, it's an awful scene, it's a striking scene of the last day. In today's Mass, even that is from the point of view of hope. Look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption is at hand. So my friends, we have to have a lot of hope today. There's no reason not to. The love of our Savior is real. And he is doing everything he can, everything he can, to prepare us for this day. No doubt he is working harder than we are to get us ready for this day. So that when our particular judgment comes, there are no big surprises and no big disappointments. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Amen.